there at the end of that song, Steve. How are you? I think we can we can uh, solve the mellow issue. I, I think we can. I think we can. <laughs> Excuse me. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm mm. fine. Everything's good. Mm. Um, I'm 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 in recovery. Um, I, I think the week started well with that press conference given in Beijing by the State Council, at which. And this is where I'm getting slightly mystified as to whether I heard the same press conference as everybody else with. Because it was then reported that it gave its full backing to um, the chief executive, or as I like to call her, the chief executive in name only, the CINO, who, um, who apparently has their full backing. But it's like, and I refer now to my old friend Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, it's like the rope that holds the hanging man. That's the sort of support she was mm. actually given. Mm. I mean, remember what they actually said was the chief executive is to be congratulated for reflecting on her deficiencies. Well, I don't know, in my book, that doesn't sound like a warm avalanche like complimentary, of phrase. No. So, <clears throat> I mean, what they were saying is, look, we haven't got anybody better than her, so we'll stick with her for a while. And anyway, the, the first three proved to be no good. So, you know, just, just replacing number four is probably going to lead us in the same position as before. <laughs> what there was real praise for, and if anybody has a scintilla of doubt as to where things stand nowadays, is the real praise was for the police force. I mean, again and again. And why is that? Because... Oh, that's right, because we don't actually have a functioning government anymore. I mean, the, the, the CINO is most of the time in hiding. I know she emerged this week. How do we know? Because there was a photograph of it. She doesn't actually emerge in public anymore. She emerged to go to a lunch. Well, I'm, I'm very pleased to know that she's eating lunch with businessmen. I mean, that was quite a relief. And she, she, she gave them, apparently, this is all, everything is done behind closed doors now. No such thing as doing anything in public but according to reports and the only reports we have are from people who attended the lunch and from the official photograph that was issued apparently she told them that there were economic problems in hong kong you know what with the trade war and all i'm thinking gosh right. there may be some other problems as well did you address those well apparently she did refer to them so she's fully on top of matters ah. and i think what is interesting and Here's a tip for the listener, because this is this you'll never fail with this tip. If you want to know what the bosses really think, always listen to Maria Tam. Now, Maria Tam has been in poodle training for, for many, many years. She, 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 she is top of the class, the, the poodle obedience class. She's been top of that class for at least a couple of decades. So when she says anything, you know that it's not her. It's what she's been told to say. And what she said this week is what we all suspected, is that they seriously think. She actually said, actually, I think the protests are going away now. Yes. Um, and, oh, by, and by the way, and by the way, when the, when the school holidays end, which is the end of this month, I'm sure it will all die down. Is that, the, is that it? Is that the strategy? Is, is that what the poodles are now all going to be clapping? Going away, going away. I cannot believe it, but I think this is the narrative we'll be hearing a lot more of. Meanwhile, what's left of the Hong Kong administration is the police force. Mm, mm, and mm. what a dangerous situation we're in. I mean, in, in, in societies with proper governments, the government controls the police force, the police force don't control the government. If you wanted to know where power now lies, look at the immense amount of praise that was showered on the police force during that Monday press conference compared with 
practically no mention whatsoever of the um, of the CNO, the Secretary for Security. Is he still in office? I don't know. He's completely disappeared. We, he, did we never hear anything about no, him? No, I do think we? he's 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 been taken away and, and given a cold compress. Um, you know, the people who are supposed to be running the government. And what 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 does this actually mean? We're now into a really vicious cycle where, for example, the Chief Secretary, Matthew Jung, had the temerity to say there may be cause for us to apologise for things that the police did in Yoon Long. And he was slapped down. Mm, I mm, mean, boy, mm, he's mm. now apologised twice, first fulsomely and then secondly double fulsomely in case anybody had missed the first fulsome apology. I mean, they live... It's like, you know, it's like somebody who has a large, vicious dog on a lead and and they think they're in control of the dog because the dog is on the lead and the dog turns around and goes row, 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 and they go oh, okay rover okay rover here you you go left it doesn't I'm, I'm, do what you want yeah yeah <coughs> so it this is where we are mm. and i mean you know now you see that the police routinely just flout their own regulations they take their numbers off during crowd control situations they fire tear gas and and rubber bullets at, at, at chest level which is a breach of regulations and that was a pretty shocking photograph of a guy, <coughs> a guy with a shotgun uh, yeah. raised to his shoulder. Yeah, uh, uh, we're, we're now given the good news that he only he was only going to fly blanks. But you know, if you mm. catch a blank at short range, you you certainly know about it. All I'm saying is that there is now a situation in which the police are beyond control, and it's a terrible situation to be in. I mean, you think how long it's taken for the police to restore their reputation since the 1970s, when we had the best police force money could buy. You know, the, after the police riot in, in 1977, when they forced the ICAC to stop investigating into their affairs, the government backed down, allowed people who'd, who'd run off with ill-gotten gains to keep their ill-gotten gains as long as they didn't do it anymore. This was an enormous... We forget, we forget that stuff, we? Don't forget we? all of that stuff, mm, but it mm. happened, and there are people around who still remember I, even I wasn't here that long ago but I certainly have read a great deal about this so mm. I mean the deal then was this was after the police rioted remember talking the about police riots, rioted, the yeah. police rioted in 1977 besieged the headquarters of the ICAC and the government blinked and said okay we'll be giving an amnesty for things that have happened in the past uh, if you've made however million, many millions it is we're not going to look into that but you know we're drawing a line under it and that is what happened to be fair and there was an enormous effort because of, I still believe that the majority of rank and file policemen are there to do a good job the problem is now that they're there to be a battering ram when you have no government really no government I mean not mm. visible not putting out any initiatives whatsoever and all you have is a police force to hold back the people you're in a terrible situation. So even policemen, who may individually, I have no idea whether this is so or not, but may individually be sympathetic to some of the things that the protesters say, you don't feel that sympathetic when people are throwing rocks at you, mm. uh, uh, are abusing you, uh, uh, calling you, you know, Haksawoi triads in, during, the, during the demonstration. I mean, I can understand... Well, nobody that, wants to be in that front line. Nobody position, wants to be in that front line. I mean, mm. it's it is literally a long, hot summer. Mm. They're in these very heavy protective gear. They must be sweating like nobody's business. I believe they sweat for the entire Pearl River Delta while uh, in demonstrations. They're, it's very, very uncomfortable. Mm. They're working very, very long hours, and they're being led 
Oh, being led. Oh, my God, by Stephen Lowe? I mean, that man looks as though he'd be very happy behind a bank desk somewhere. I mean, he's the ultimate bureaucrat who's crimed the greasy pole by, by filling in forms. So they don't have any kind of charismatic leadership. Mm. They don't have anybody behind them in the government who says our only solution isn't to arrest more people. Oh, and by the way, we've got bigger and better anti-riot vehicles that we'll be rolling out in a few weeks' times. I mean, at the moment, that's all they've got. That's a terrible, terrible situation to be in. So the circle of violence gets more and more profound. Protesters hate the police more. The police then hate protesters more. I, I can see how this happens. You don't need to be a, you know, a great world expert to work out why any of that's happening. How do you break that circle then? I that's think the question, can, right? It can only, there's only a political solution. Mm. There is not. I mean, arresting more people which seems to be the, the, the current clever plan that the government's come up with. Ooh, we've just arrested 44, let's arrest another 44. Yeah, yeah, that's fine if you think that's the way to go. It will not solve the problem. And indeed, even if, which I presume is t po perfectly possible, you arrest hundreds and hundreds of people, even thousands and thousands of people, it will, it will have a dampening effect. Does it tackle the fundamental discontent obviously of course government. not no why mm. will the mm. government not allow the obvious political solution of having an independent inquiry you think of practically any other situation in the world incidentally including in hong kong where you've had a massive upheaval you look into it and you analyze it and you see what lessons can be drawn the reason they won't do it is the police have said we don't want it why don't they want it? Because a genuine independent inquiry could turn up all sorts of things. And then on the sidelines, we've also got this uh, possible ICAC inquiry into... Well, is, isn't that interesting? I mean, the, the, the ICAC, of course, don't, don't confirm mm. that these inquiries are ongoing, but the police keep saying they are, so let's believe them. I mean, I, I have no reason to disbelieve them. So, you know, parts of the system still function parts of the system obviously aren't functioning you now find we heard this it's been running on on the bulletins today that that members of the department of justice are now calling out the secretary of justice for politically inspired prosecutions saying that the usual rules um which apply to the director of public prosecutions in bringing forward charges are simply being ignored as they are using the justice system for political reasons these are people within the system who are saying this. Yeah, these are actual public prosecutors. Public working. prosecutors who are there mm. and presumably know quite a lot about what's going on. This mm. is unprecedented. Mm. You've got civil servants about to um, uh, launch a march on Friday or tomorrow, Friday. Unprecedented. You've got. I mean, the the level at which you've got it discontent. It's not is, slowing down. Is it's it? not slowing down, and and you know. If your narrative is, and the narrative of the government, and certainly the narrative coming out of Beijing is, let's just focus on the violence. If your narrative is, oh, we'll only focus on that. So then you ignore the fact that practically every district in Hong Kong now has a Lenin wall. A Lenin wall. Every district in Hong Kong is filled with people who are talking about this. When anything happens, you get instant response. We saw the other night outside uh, the police station in Tinsoi, why people mobilised by um, electronic um, media in, in, in some way or another. I don't know the details of how that happened. But, you know, from mm. Tinsoi is not 
known to be the world's centre of revolution. Yet you can get hundreds and hundreds of people outside a police station if you send out the message. And it's everywhere. I mean, what's very interesting, you've got TVB staff unfurling banners on the on the roof of their station saying, you know, we want we want to restore the integrity of our news coverage. In every place you go, there are people who have become emboldened to say, mm. up with this, I will not put any more. Maria Tam has been told to tell us that all of this is going away. The government I mean, that, that tells really us is sort of laughable. It's way just laughable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, and, you know, as in the case of the, the, the cock-a-hoop way that they dealt with the end of the Umbrella Movement, there was a marvellous opportunity, because it did indeed exhaust itself. There was a marvellous opportunity to step forward and say, well, what do we do now? And they said we've got them on the run, we're going to do nothing. In mm. fact, we're going to inch up the pressure, you know, we're going to introduce new oppressive legislation, extradition laws, um, patriotism, uh, what do you call it, um, national education Actually, mm. in schools, new laws about observation of the um, national anthem. You know, we'll just go bang, 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 we'll stop people standing for election. So, you know, their response was this triumphant response, the democracy movement's been defeated, we can do what we want. Well, we see how that's worked spectacularly well. I mean, when you've managed to mobilise two million people on the streets of Hong Kong, you have to conclude that that wasn't a success as a strategy. And guess what? They're thinking of repeating it. Yeah. They think that it will just go away again. What do you make of the um, PLA general's comments, um, I think, overnight? Um, yes. You know, well, that's that very interesting because um, you have... This is the commander of the PLA in Hong Kong Correct. we're talking about, um, who, 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 who said, you know, we are in full support of the police, mm. we are ready to assist. People are ready to assist. Oh, my God, what does that mean? I mean, you know, the shadow of Tiananmen lies very, very heavily on Hong Kong. I know a lot of the people involved in these demonstrations weren't even born when the um, 1989 massacre occurred in, Be in Beijing. But I don't think, because we have free communications here, there's anybody here who isn't aware of it. And the words PLA and order do not do not spring hope in the hearts of Hong Kong people. Of anybody, I think, really, do they? I mean, You know, it's interesting that in, on, on Monday, the various um, poodle organisations took it on, upon themselves to, to, to commemorate the death of Li Pang, known also as the Butcher of Beijing, nobody else in Hong Kong was mourning his demise. I mean, the separation now between what they're doing and what the rest of the population is doing. I mean, they're still clucking around going, we're the, we're, we're the silent majority. Well, actually, they're just not. They're, they really are not. It is true, it is quite true, that there is a band of people who do support, you know, who, who may genuinely... Godness knows why, but may genuinely have mourned the demise of Li Pang, who may genuinely believe that the solution for Hong Kong is to become fully integrated into the People's Republic. That there may well be a band of people who who do support that. It just cannot possibly be a majority. There's no way. Steve Hines is with us. We'll be back with Steve after zone. <laughs> Love you anyway. There's a reason you haven't heard that for a while. <laughs> no, we like it. Don't we like that? Don't we like We like all the music we play. We pick it now. We hand pick it, Steve. Is that right? As we, ha <laughs> as we hand pick you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Yes. I don't know. There's one or two other characters that have been missing, actually, in the last week or so. Yeah. Re Regina's not been around recently. Yeah, What's going on with around. her? Well, well um, she, she, she came up with, if you remember, and who can forget it, she came up with the bright idea that the way to get Hong Kong people happy and back to work and not protesting hmm. was to give them a bribe. And everybody looked at her and go, oh, my God. So, so she, her, her bid... <coughs> for popularity, I mean, to to to, to solve the situation, mm. was to say, "Oh, give eight thousand dollars to everyone," and and people looked at it and go, "Really, mm. really, mm. is that your solution?" Is that going to make it? But but mm. but to be fair, to be fair, she hasn't been entirely ignored because you know, out there in Poodle Land, some of the other um, members of the Poodle Squad have come up with with new bribes. So there's there's a, a proposal from the DAB that um, each um, school child. Mm. Should be given two thousand dollars for educational purposes. Apparently, there's a bit of uh, a bit of um, argy bargy within the poodle camp because some other members of it are going. I tell you what, two thousand five hundred is the figure I like. Two thousand five hundred. That will shut them up. Not two thousand. It's only really Hong Kong that can do this, isn't it? Well, and Macau, of course, that's yeah. it. Because with all that gambling money. Um, yeah, because fine. anywhere else in the world, you, no one would ever consider. Well, no one know. would consider it, and and they would maybe think it's insulting. Mm. They would maybe say that in the face of these very grave and widespread discontent, trying to bribe people back. Oh, incidentally, one of the things I liked about. Um, and, and she's a great favourite of mine, Starry Lee. Is. She was expressing, uh, the leader of the DAB, in case the listener has forgotten that, was ex expressing outrage that the protesters were no longer just focusing on extradition. They're talking about all sorts of other issues, she said. It's how, not... How dare they thinking, protest about how, something How very dare they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just doesn't get it. I mean, you know, when I was young, I used to read old Karl Marx. Hmm. There's something called dialectical materialism. You remember that party, uh, Ms. Lee. You ought to read Comrade Carl, and he he describes mm. how these things are connected quite eloquently. Mm. But um, because she, if you go, she, if you go, I don't know whether she she's done dialectical material. If you go back to some of those principles, actually, I mean, some of those principles of Leninism, Marxism, you know, it's back all in there. The, it's it, all in the book. Yeah, get that Das Kapital out and give it a good read. That's what I say to the to the comrades. And if those if those principles had been carried out. You know, if you like, quote unquote, properly. Some of them. Some yes. Of them. It, yes. It, it was, you know, a good. But but good but thing I mean, do, but, but, but the value. I'm, 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 at the risk of being boring, and goodness knows, who could be, be criticised for that? <laughs> but you know, the value of, of Das Kapital is its its tools for analysis. Mm. You know, is is its description of how things are connected, and uh, of course, in Marx's view, it's it's economic determinism. So it starts at. With, with who's got the money and how they how they dish it out, but you know there is there is a lot in there. I recommend it to all members of the Communist Party. I think it's a book they should read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, they 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 just don't listen to me. It's quite it's quite terrible. And I think the reason they don't listen to me is because I'm that dreaded thing. Yes, we know. What drum you are. roll. Yes, foreigner. Foreigner. Now, it's very interesting that that they kind of gave that. You know the the usual foreign paranoia a little airing a couple of weeks ago, and it went. People went, yeah, right. Um, let's get back to business. But it's coming back again, big time. At the foreign ministry briefing this week, it was all foreigners. You know, the United States must explain why it was the black hand behind these protests. And then we've got uh, Tung Chiwa. Remember him, mm. first highly successful executive of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region mm. comes up this week and he he's actually got he's he's got it down to precision. He says 
really the evidence is there that it's Taiwan and America. Now, let's look at Taiwan. Taiwan is particularly the ruling party, the DPP in Taiwan, are going, oh, I can't believe all our Sundays have come in one day. Mm. We're, we're, we were losing support. We were going down the plug hole. And then thank you, Beijing, for digging us out of a hole. So that now the, the, the ailing governing party is highly likely to win next year's presidential election. election. Mm, mm. And even the so-called pro-Beijing party, the Kuomintang, even they no longer will dare say the words one country, two system as being applied to Taiwan. So, you know, why Taiwan should anyway <laughs> be dissatisfied with what's going on is a complete mystery to me. I would think that if you if you look at the presidential palace in Taipei, they're going, I can't believe this. I can't. <laughs> Every time, you know, threats by the PLA to intervene, this going on, that going on, people of Taiwan are going, tell you what, I'll have anything, but I'm not going to have Hong Kong. Here. But isn't it, but isn't his point that the fact that they've they've stirred it up on purpose so that uh, in Hong Kong, so that that uh, reflects oh, well cunning. for, for, for Taiwan? Oh, they're endlessly cunning. <laughs> they're endlessly cunning. Uh, I mean, but I mean, but also a lot of this, and and if you look at the uh, pro-communist newspapers that should we remain nameless, Dagong Bao, they they they've taken to putting pictures in the paper of foreigners very interesting the way they look at this foreigners seen at demonstrations as proof that they're commanding the demonstrations well let me explain to this to the people at Dagon Power 8% of Hong mm. Kong's population mm. is not ethnically Chinese now in other societies when you say for example if you if, if you say in Britain where I come from you know if you're if you're a black person or an Indian person or whatever you're, you're not part of British society you get ton of the brown stuff comes down on your head mm. because that is they, racist that is, that is racist mm. it's pure racism the fact that this racism is directed against white people who, who aren't used to it well okay it's a new experience but there you go doesn't make it any better i mean you cannot make the assumption that people who are not ethnically chinese are somehow not part of hong kong very interesting that they make that axiomatic assumption and they then insult those people and i feel very insulted by this by alleging that they're American. I mean, <laughs> excuse bad. me, excuse me. <laughs> I've, you. Been, I've been called many things in my time, but I think American is taking the biscuit. I really do. I'm going to lodge a strong complaint about being American. So, I mean, they, they, Tung says, you know, this is, we're going back to, to C.Y. Leung, who had irrefutable evidence. Remember the irrefutable evidence he had of foreigners organising the umbrella protest, which he would produce when the time was right. And yeah, what, what happened to that? What happened to that? So now he thinks if you make... Uh, this is the old Goebbels line, you know, if you tell the big lie often enough, people will believe it. Well, it worked OK for Goebbels as long as the regime existed. But after that, people went, wasn't that Goebbels who kept telling big lies and nobody believed mm. him? So here we go back again with Tung saying, you know... Hong Kong people, they're just so stupid, they couldn't possibly organise this. These protests are well organised, so it must have been done by foreigners. These are the people who say that they're patriots. These are the people that will wave a flag until their right arm aches and claim to be Chinese patriots, yet they have utter contempt for Chinese people. I mean, it's just staggering. His actual line is, Chinese people too stupid to do this, only foreigners could do it. Phew, phew. 
Listen to yourself, C.H. So it's... Regina and Maria and, and <laughs> Tung, they're all in the I, same... I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> at, various, at various degrees of intensity. But as you say, we've actually had a, a week of silence from Regina. That's, that's, that's been unnerving. Well, we have been blown away by the, the biggest typhoon in living history in the last 24 hours, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, there was that. You mean the rain? <laughs> Stop <laughs> what, it. What, what Stop is, it. What is going on here? What is going on here? I, I mean, it, you, there was, a, there was um, somebody interviewed in, in one of the earlier bulletins that I heard this morning, I think he was Dutch, saying, you know, oh, in Holland we call this heavy rain. <laughs> and you're thinking, yeah, in Hong Kong we call this heavy rain. I mean, what is it with the, with the observatory? This kind of... Is it a paranoia now because of after Mancourt last year? Yes. Well, I mean, there you had... I mean, that was a typhoon. Mm. I mean, that did real, real damage. Mm. And they were very tardy in, 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 in raising the flag. But, I mean, you know, you either are issuing timely and indeed accurate warnings of what's going to happen or you're not. Mm. What happened, as far as I know during the typhoon and I love I love the names they gave it Whipper this Whipper. one was called Whipper where did that come from yeah I think it came from some very kinky person in, in the um, in the observatory <laughs> but, but we won't go we won't investigate how that happened anyway oh Whipper Whipper didn't really whip did it I mean it. yes it was raining yes it was windy I mean and uh, what else I, I'm told that Sai Kung where I live mm. got the bulk of the rain well there wasn't even any flooding there Mm. So, yeah, it was. It, it, it was, is worrying because I mean it has a very real consequence for for people's lives. Mm. I mean, they do they go to work? Don't they go to work? Do businesses open? Do businesses shut? Can they get home? Because particularly if you live in an outlying island, if you if you can't crowd onto the last ferries, you're in big you're in problems. Mm. Mm. You know, how do you get to Chiang Chow by road? And oh, you can't. That's the answer to that. The, the MTR carried on running. Apparently, it's a wonderful service. <laughs> but, but you know, if you're going to issue these signals, I think I think the observatory's got to actually, I don't know, shape up its act a bit. It sounds to me a little bit where, there, you know, there should be a different system of, of signals because we have this sort of very peculiar thing of, of doing a, a one, a three, and an eight. And yeah. what happens between three and eight? You know, yeah. are there some other... Couldn't there not be some other levels of, of typhoon between, you know? The, I'm the, just trying to think. There are numbers between three and eight, aren't there? I think there are. I, I think we'll go to six. Can we go... Can we have a six? But, I mean, wouldn't that make sense? I, I mean, I... You know, I'm obviously not a meteorologist. But I, I do know what a typhoon looks like, and I do know what heavy rain looks like, and I think mm. most people in Hong Kong mm. kind of get that. Mm. So um, maybe, I think maybe what we're talking about is a bunch of bureaucrats doing the weather and going, we'll never be blamed for being too cautious, because oh, that's no, how no, bureaucracies no, the work. the blame game again. It's the blame game, you know. <laughs> uh, as long as I've filled in the form properly, hey, nothing else matters. Quick bit of music, and then we're back with a bit of, a bit of Boris. Uh, Steve, are you on the road again? Uh, yeah, I'm perpetually on the road. Always, I, right? I, I, I've decided I might not go to Britain this year because I think it's closed, isn't it? Oh, thank God. I don't, Boris, I don't, Boris is trying to close everything, I think. Yeah, I mean, Parliament, I, 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 I mean, he's sort of going around the country, um, stirring up discontent. Mm. And, and But I like the way, I mean, th we haven't seen this since quite a while. He seems to have a good way of dealing with Johnny Foreigner. <laughs> See, Johnny Foreigner needs to be talked to him very loud, very loud and stringent terms if you keep talking to Johnny Foreigner loud and longly enough they'll listen to you so 
at the moment he's decided that he's not going to negotiate I'm not going to... Uh, no, I can't do his accent. With, the with, with Johnny Foreigner in the European Union because they haven't agreed with him. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what negotiations are for. But never mind. Um, about the, the, the Irish backstop. Let's not worry about the details of it. What it basically says is whether you keep the border with the, with the Irish Republic hmm. open or not. And he's going, I'm not going to talk to them until they absolutely agree with me. And they're going, yeah. And they've already they've already basically come back and said we're not changing, right? Yeah, they've just said yeah. And saying, I, I, I'm going to commit suicide. You'll regret it. You'll regret it. You 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 won't like it. You you won't like me jumping off the cliff. And they're going, oh, the cliff's there. <laughs> Feel free. We're not we're not stopping you. I mean, this bizarre idea that um, that, that 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 somehow everything is going to be fine if you shout loudly enough. And you keep using the word optimism and un up sunlit uplands or whatever it is he keeps saying. Um, you know, I mean, this is kind of lunacy 101. But like, like, give, the, give the guy a break. He's only been <coughs> Prime Minister for a week, mate. Yeah, and he's doing a great <laughs> job so far. <laughs> Almost as good a job as he did as Foreign Secretary. But, but that was that was a high, high benchmark to, to exceed. But, I mean, I, I, I think it kind of reveals the worst type of... British public school arrogance. No, I I saw a picture of um, David Cameron and Boris Johnson together because they were both. They were both at they were both at good schools. But good, were, but together. Yes. I think in the same year in the same school. Yes, yes, I should know I which believe, school it was, but uh, I believe it's called Eton. Eton. It yes, is Eton, good right? school. Yes, yeah. it's near Slough. Mm. For anybody who knows British geography, you'll know. So that's quite interesting. I used to know. I used to know Joan Lester, who was the MP for Eton and Slough. She was a Labour MP. Well, Slough's not famous for very many things at all. Is but it? She always used to say Joan Lester, MP for Eton Slough, probably more Slough than Eton. <laughs> <laughs> Good she's not her. with us anymore i'm afraid to say very nice lady yeah yeah <laughs> but you know i mean you know we kind of thought in our naivety i speak i speak for the entire british people here mm. from the comfort of a studio in kowloon we kind of thought that that sort of old arrogant public schoolboy running everything was mm. was a thing of mm. the past mm. Mm. well that's turned out not it to be quite I mean, they they had a little go with with Theresa May, and the Tories didn't really take to her. You know, Vicar's daughter, um, not much, not not much in the way of personality, not much in the way of humour, and uh, altogether useless. So they thought, I tell you what, we'll go back to the default setting we have, which yeah. is posh boys po running everything. Boys. Mm. Mm. And, and it is boys. There's no girls really running anything. It's posh boys. I mean, he has a couple of women in his cabinet, and well done on that. But they they ain't running nothing. And he has filled his cabinet, by all accounts, with uh, pro Brexiteers, right? <laughs> I don't think there's I don't think there's any ambiguity. Well, it, it's not just that they're pro Brexiteers. Hmm. I mean, this is the most right wing conservative government that's been seen for a very very long time. I'm trying to think of a conservative government that's been this right wing. Even Thatcher, who was known to be ideologically committed and nobody's accused Boris Johnson of being ideologically committed to anything he's ideologically committed to Boris Johnson but even Ma uh, Margaret Thatcher had people in her cabinet like for example Chris Patton like Ken Clark who's now so far to the left of the the Conservative Party that he's almost an uh, old-style conservative you, you know I mean even in those days there was diversity 
within the upper echelon of the ruling circle. Under Boris, he's just said, no, yeah. we'll, we'll just have the hardliners. We're not going to bother with anybody else. Staggering. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting uh, up to October, the 99 days, of get, gets down up to... Up to Halloween day on October 31st. Days. Yeah. Um, uh, and I guess we'll see what's going to happen, we'll right? We'll see what's going to happen. Uh, I, I'm going to make a wild prediction here. Nothing good. Yeah. My wild prediction <laughs> for the day. <laughs> we love your wild predictions, Steve, as ever. Thank you very much. Thursday mornings is Steve Vine's day. And Steve will be back this time next week. Cheers, mate.